You are listening. You are listening. You are listening to the Fly Fishing ninety seven podcast. But one like extremely memorable moment that that stands out to me that will will be with me forever. Um, my dad and I went to Yellowstone one year camping and fly fishing, and I remember it was early in the morning because it was the hoot owl, so we had to be off the water by about noon. So we had to start really early in the morning. We're fishing the Yellowstone River and. I'm upstream of him, and it's, it's, it's just light enough that you can start to see everything, but the fog is coming up off the river and stuff, and and I, I look back, and, and I see my dad, just like the silhouette of him, and, and he's casting, and it's, it's beautiful, and there's a bison in the river, just like a hundred yards, you know, downriver of him, like crossing the river, and that, that will forever be in my memory of just like one of my absolute favorite fly fishing moments and I, I could just I could just vividly see him his shadow and the bison and the fog it was it was so cool welcome to the fly fishing 97 podcast featuring interviews with passionate people within the fly fishing industry we focus on guides conservation resort managers gear and talented fly tires bringing usable information to fly fishers the Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by The Fly Crate. Theflycrate.com is your source for all things fly fishing. The Fly Crate offers a monthly fly club. We select patterns every month for your home waters. With membership, you'll receive flies created to match the hatch in your area, along with the Fly Crate's guide magazine, the convenience of having flies delivered right to your door, some sweet stickers, Discover new patterns and start stocking your fly boxes now. Theflycrate.com. Here's your host, Mark Hopley. Welcome to this edition of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Thanks for listening this time around, folks. Really appreciate it. We're going to take you out to Boise, Idaho. We've got Robert Gillingham on the line from Karmic Outdoors. Robert, thanks so much for coming on the podcast tonight, man. Really appreciate it. No, thank you so much. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Uh, I just I love fly fishing, love talking about it. And um, yeah, I, I appreciate the invite, man. Well, it's going to be a good fit then because uh, I could talk fly fishing all night. It sounds like you're pretty avid yourself. <laughs> We're going to talk about your uh, what you're up to, the good things with Karmic Outdoors. Uh, Nate from the Fly Crate reached out and said, hey, man, you got to chat with Robert. So we're going to talk all the cool things you're doing with your business. But first, I, I want to get uh, get the waders wet a little bit. Let's talk about fly fishing. How did you come to discover fly fishing? Walk us through that journey kind of when you when you first kind of got into it. Okay, yeah. Um, so I was born and raised in Las Vegas and, and grew up there. And as you can imagine, there's zero fly fishing there. Um, but my parents used that the outdoors in general as uh, as a tool to kind of keep me out of too much trouble, I should say. Um, and and sort of the, the the deal was if I do good in school and I don't get in too much trouble, then we'll go on a couple of fishing trips a year to southern Utah. That's sort of where I cut my teeth is some of those mountain streams in, in southern Utah, and um, and it just had such a powerful impact on my life, you know growing up in, in Las Vegas and the hustle and bustle and, and being in just kind of a crazy, crazy childhood, you know, those, those few camping trips up in the mountains were, were really I, what shaped me as, as a person, I believe. 
Um, I feel like my path in life could have could have gone wildly different, but um, it was those few father-son camping trips to Southern Utah that kind of really, you know, really put me on the right path. Um, and so, you know, I, I kind of, I kind of did that for, for a while in Vegas. Um, I, I picked up the first fly rod at eight years old. Um, and then when I was 12 years old, we went to a little lake in Nevada called Cave Lake. And I caught my first fish on the first fly that I tied on. Like I did everything myself. I vividly remember it. I, it was a little red ant. I saw a fish, I cast it out and it sunk a little bit and I watched the fish come up and grab it. And I was so ecstatic. I, I ran, ran back to the campsite and told my dad and he was proud of me and everything. Um, so that was, you know, it, it took a while to, to catch fish on a fly rod, but, um, but man, just, just being out in the, in nature and you know, sitting by a campfire, just, I really feel like it, it played a really important role in my life. Hmm. Um, and then, and then I went to college in Reno. I went to University of Nevada, Reno, and, and I was so happy to have the Truckee River flowing right through town. I mean, it was, it, was, it was amazing to me that I didn't have to drive three hours to go trout fishing. Um, I lived in the dorms, and uh, I used to put my backpack on and my waders on, and I would walk from the dorms down to the Truckee River in town. Um, <laughs> That's great. And I'd, I'd be fly fishing in town, and... If, if you've ever been to Reno, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a great little town. Um, it's a little edgy in places. Um, and so I'd, I'd be fishing in town, catching fish and like, there'd be bums across the way yelling at me, like wanting to buy the fish off me and stuff. That's urban, um, urban fishing. <laughs> yeah, it was urban fishing, but, but you know, it, it was, it was really fun. I learned a lot about fishing there and, and then, you know, met people and, and we started going to like the pyramid Lake and we started going to some of those high mountain lakes. Um, up by Tahoe and stuff, and and it was just really, really a great place to to fly fish and learn how to fly fish and stuff. And then then I moved to Boise, and I feel like that's when I kind of graduated from like you know like little stepping stones. And 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 then I moved to Boise, where we have you know some some really really great fishing pretty nearby. So um, yeah, I've been fly fishing for I don't know about twenty five years or so, and it's just a absolute passion of mine a, a love of mine if you if, if you ask me what i am i would consider myself a fly fisherman and um i, I hope that's what my son <laughs> grows up to describe me as <laughs> that's good stuff and it's i could totally see too like so you know spending a lot of time uh in your youth in in vegas i could see that kind of you know here you have worlds colliding it's like i just need I mean, anybody that spends any time in Vegas, I would imagine it's different if you live there, but visiting, it's like, it's over, it's sensory overload. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the outdoors can be sensory overload, but in a, a very different kind of way. It, it, it is, it's very, uh, sensory overload, but in my opinion, a very peaceful way. It's, it's one of my pet peeves when people are out like fishing or on a drift boat and they're playing music on the drift boat. Like, I hate that. <laughs> Just shut the music off. You can listen to Mumford and Sons anytime you want, but you can only listen to the river at that moment when you're on the river. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like t- teach his own, I guess, you know, whatever you want to do. But man, if, if you're in a boat with me, man, I just want to hear the river. <laughs> Tell us who you were influenced by. So your fly fishing journey began in Vegas and then you're out in Reno and now you're in Boise 
Has there been some instrumental people in your learning curve or maybe some mentors, uh, buddies, guides, or even stuff online? Who, who would you cite as influences on your fly fishing, Robert? I would say uh, definitely early on uh, was, was my father. You know, he, you know, he grew up in Montana and uh, just loved fly fishing and, and loved getting us out. And just, you know, I, I would say that, that my passion stemmed from him. I would say later on in life, Aaron, the, the other co-founder of Karmic Outdoors, our, our outdoor business, um, he sort of really influenced me to just become a, a better angler. You know, I was, I, I still consider myself a, a bit of a nympho. I, I love nymphing and, and I love throwing big, big dries and stuff. But Aaron is, is one of the best technical dry fly fishermen I, like I've ever met. And he's just always really pushed me to be a better fisherman and, and I, I like I'm obsessed with podcasts and uh, YouTube. I mean, it, anything Kelly Gallup says is, is gospel to me. You know, Renee mm-hmm. Harris, like it, 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 any of the legends, man. Like I, I'll sit there and watch their videos on YouTube, even though they're 10, 12 years old. I, I just watch them over and over and over again. Good stuff. Well, before we get into your business, I want to get to uh, to know you a little bit and your uh, kind of day to day. Are you ready for a few uh, kind of off the cuff questions? Well, we we established you don't listen to music on the water, but when you're on the way to the water, uh, talk to me about tunes. Uh, what would you be uh, listening to in your truck? Oh man, <laughs> what a what a what a question! Um, I, so, like I said, I'm I'm obsessed with podcasts. Like, there is not enough hours in the day for the amount of podcasts that I want to listen to. I just I think they're so amazing. I think they're the the best thing to happen to radio in ever really like i love listening to your podcast i've listened to well over half of your episodes oh thanks um i i i love uh, i love yeah they're they're really well done i i love listening to the orvis fly fishing podcast yeah that's a good one. um but but if i if, if if i'm in the mood for just music man you know, johnny cash is never too far away some folk isn't too far away um i i know my parents would kill me if they they listened to me and i i didn't mention Skinnerd and Judas Priest, um, <laughs> and I'm I'm I might also be the only guy on Silver Creek in the middle of Idaho who's listening to Fifty Cent at the same time. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's it's really just kind of whatever I'm in the mood for at that moment. You know, um, you, you, you ever see the movie uh, or you ever see the show uh, uh, The Office? Oh, I I think I've seen every episode probably three times. <laughs> oh yeah, me too. I love that show, but. There's a Dwight Schrute, the the salesman, and and he's in his like Trans Am, and he's getting ready to go in for a sale, and he's just like blasting, like rocking the music, you know, banging, <laughs> banging the <laughs> the, uh, the steering wheel, like that's me getting ready to get out and go fish the Dre catch. I'm just like, I've just got like tunes blaring, <laughs> channeling your inner your inner Dwight Schrute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm about to go to war with some with some Browns. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. So if you're going to war with Browns and you're reaching in that fly box, what is one go-to fly pattern, Robert, that you cannot live without? Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to cheat with this question and I'm going to say a pheasant tail, but, but that being said, I'm just going to leave it at that. I mean, it could be a bead head. It could be non bead head. It could be CDC. It could be, you know, tied on a, on a scud hook, you know, it could have legs. Um, flashback no flashback you know pheasant tail has to be the best fly 
it, it, in my opinion. Um, I almost always have one on. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good go-to for a reason, right? Is there a place right. in... It works everywhere. Is there a place in Boise, um, and I'm sure there's some great fly shops, coffee shops, uh, brew pubs, but where do you go to get your fix, you know, talk fishing when you're not fishing, if that makes sense? Yeah. Uh, that's a hard question. I don't, I don't really, I guess at work with, with coworkers who are fly fishermen and stuff, um, I'm more of like a, a homebody when I'm, when I'm, you know, fishing. I, I don't really go out to, to pubs or anything like that, even though we have tons of breweries and, and we have some great fly shops and, uh, we have great relationship with the fly shops and stuff, but, um, yeah, I, I don't really chit chat too much, I guess. I just, I would say at work probably, yeah, probably the, the place that I do it most. What about sports? Where do you get your fix in sports? I mean, uh, well, you got all kinds of, uh, great college ball in your neck of the woods. Uh, are you a mm-hmm. NFL guy? Are you a baseball guy? Hockey? Where, where do you get your fix in sports? I absolutely love sports because when there's big, important games going on, nobody's on the water. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't, I don't, I don't really do sports very much. I mean, uh, growing up in Vegas, we never had a sports team. Um, really it was, it was whoever, whoever was winning was, was who, you know, who was people were voting for in, in Vegas. Um, yeah, I just, I just never really made time to sit down and watch a sports uh, any sport really. Um, I, I love to play sports, but you know, I, I could care less about who is in the Super Bowl or who's winning the Stanley Cup or anything like that. I'd, yeah. n- not, not my cup of tea. I'd much rather be out fishing. Yeah, fair enough. What, what do you do for fun when you're not fishing? What do you, you got any hobbies or are you, are you a hiker, climber? What, what are you doing in your spare time other than fishing? I, I feel so blessed to live in Boise, Idaho. I mean, you can do any outdoor activity you want at any time. And, and I just, I love the outdoors. So hearing about, I don't know, Aaron and I are leaving for our archery elk hunting trip here and uh, six in the morning. Uh, so I'm big into archery elk. I'm big into upland game hunting. I've got a, I've got a wire hair Griffon that I trained myself uh, for chucker and pheasants and grouse and up just all the upland birds. Uh, so when it's hunting season, um, that's, that's my passion. And then, and then we jump into, you know, skiing season. Um, yeah. And then in the spring we do a lot of hiking, got tons, we got so many trails and mountain bike trails and just, there's just so much to do out here for, for your outdoorsy person. And, and when it gets really cold, when it gets really cold, I, I try to tie fly. Yeah, that's me too. At, as soon as the st- snow starts flying, I get busy with the vice. What's the yeah. biggest lesson, your takeaway on your fly fishing journey thus far? If you had to uh, choose something, could you do that for us? Yeah, I absolutely could. Um, so I, I have a degree in wildlife ecology and conservation biology, um, and I, I'm actually a high school science teacher um, by, by, by day. And so I've just kind of always had this like scientific analytical mind. And that's one of the things that really, really intrigues me about fly fishing that I love is that there's a problem, right? Fix that problem, solve that problem. 
you know there's fish in this run, identify the variables, change some stuff, and try to make things, uh, try to make it work, you know? And, and that to me is, is synonymous with some, some problems in life and, and in business and stuff, right? Like you have to identify the problem and then identify all the variables that, that it could be and just try to change one or two things and fix things. You know, it's fly fishing. It's what, what's the weather doing? What's the time of year? What are the, what are the bugs hatching? What colors, what sizes do I use the same fly, but go down a size? Uh, do I take the bead head off, run a regular, do I go, you know, natural or do I, do I run a hot spot? You know, there, there's a thousand, thousand things you could do, but if you just slow down and just identify the problem and then try to change one or two things at a time and see if you get the results. Um, that to me is like, you know, fly fishing is like very methodical like that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just kind of how I think. And, and that's sort of how I relate that to my business. Like, you know, what's, what's this one problem right now? How do I fix this one problem? What are all the things that are happening? Um, and I just, I just love the puzzle, man. I just love this, like analyzing the puzzle and putting everything together. And so I try to, I try to take that from, from fly fishing into my daily life. Hmm. Yeah. I know. And sometimes I just say, sometimes I just say F it and just go have a cigar and and have a drink. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's honest. (laughs) Well, you sound, you sound like a scientific guy because it, it amazes me how many people I talk to, uh, in fly fishing that are very kind of methodical by their approach. I got to admit, I'm not that guy. Um, I want to figure it mm-hmm. out. But um, I've talked to a lot of people that have science backgrounds and are very, you know, let's figure this out. And trust me, I want to figure it out, but I'm, I'm going to throw everything in my box until something sticks. And talk, <laughs> talk to us <laughs> yeah. about um, the observation skills because as somebody that's got a background in, in wildlife ecology, uh, conservational biology, I would imagine that you're, you're probably very observant when you're out there. What are the type of things you're looking for when you're, when you're knee deep in the waders? Well, um, so you guys had, um, the ascent fly fishing, uh, I forgot his name. Um, yeah. The uh, owner of ascent fly fishing and, and, um, yeah, uh, Pete, Pete Stitcher, Pete Stitcher. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's unbelievable. He, he had, he had that great acronym uh, for like how to how to identify what what bugs are in the water at that moment and um, and yeah like that's just kind of what I do like this like when I'm rigging up I'm looking what's on the ground I, I walk to the front of the truck and I try to see what bugs are on the front of the truck as I drove over the the bridge you know that I, that I smacked with my vehicle um, but when I'm in the water I, I'm really trying to look at those microcurrents really trying to see if there's, if there's a soft eddy somewhere or, or, or a pillow on, on a rock somewhere that you just can't really see. Um, I, I love, so I used to just be the guy, guy that, would, that would rig up at the truck, walk to the river, step in the river and go fishing. But Aaron, the, the co-founder, Carmack Outdoors, he, um, you know, he taught me like, let's, let's wait till we get to the water, see what's there and then not walk in the water. Let's, let's walk up and down a little bit, see if we can see any heads rising. And, and he taught me to, get in the water and like kneel down, like get down into the water, put your head almost even with the water and see if you can see some little porpoises here and there. Because if you're standing up at certain angles and the reflection of light, you can't see it very well. Yeah. But if you get down, you can see the heads popping up and it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable. Hmm. So, yeah, that's a good tip. And you know, something else Pete talked about in, in, on his uh, episode was, was, 
spider webs and that's something like you talk about looking in the yeah. front of your truck that's that's a good one because I, I know my truck is covered in bugs usually on the on the way to the water but i can't usually tell what what the heck they are by the time they hit the front of it <laughs> but um yeah that's true <laughs> maybe you have a better idea than i do but I, I thought that was a great tip looking at um spider webs it's something that i honestly never thought of to be to be quite honest yeah yeah, I thought that was a great idea. The whole the whole system they have is, is really great. Best job you've ever had. Are you doing it now? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Um, I I've never had a bad job in my entire life. I just every job I've ever had has been has been great. And I don't know if that's just my optimistic personality, but you know, from from high school when I worked at a veterinary hospital where I cleaned up dog poop all day to so right now where I'm starting my own business and, um, you know, everything's been great and there's been takeaways from that. Like I, I met my best friend and, and my wife at that hospital where we had cleaned up dog poop, you know, um, mm-hmm. I, I really think that it's, it's whatever you make it, you know, if you can take away something from it, then, then yeah. But I would absolutely say right now I'm the happiest in my career as a, the high school science teacher slash entrepreneur slash father. I say would be my like my happiest of all my jobs. Yeah, that's cool, and that's super diverse too. Like, there's not a lot of. I mean, bored isn't probably a word that you use very often. (laughs) Not anymore. (laughs) Not anymore. That's good stuff. All right, man. I want to know all about Karmic Outdoors. So. Before we get into it, why don't you tell us how uh, you and your business partner started this? Like, what what did you see in the market? Walk us through the journey of kind of starting Karmic Outdoors and and tell us your story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Aaron and I obviously are, are avid fly fishermen. And uh, one day I was fishing one of the local rivers here near Boise. And I found a fly rod uh, just sitting up against a bush. And there was nobody around. and um, I waited for a while and nobody came back. So I grabbed the fly rod and, and, and I went home and I posted on social media, post on Craigslist, post all over the place. And I got a lot of responses, like a lot of responses. And, and this was an, an average, you know, fly rod, you know, four or $500 rod and reel setup. And so I'm sure the guy wanted it back and, and I was happy to give it back to him, but, but nobody, he didn't contact me. I had a lot of other people contact me saying, Hey, did you find this rod or this reel setup? And, and no, sorry, unfortunately, I didn't find that one. But, I, you know, if you know somebody else, let me know. And so um, so it went on for several months where, you know, every once in a while, somebody contacted me, asked me, if, hey, it's a long shot, but did you find this rod? And I thought, no, but I keep thinking, if it's this big of a problem on this one little river in little Boise, Idaho, this must be a bigger problem around the nation. And I think about it, like, how much stuff have I lost as a fly fisherman? I've probably lost three or four fly boxes full of flies i probably lost five nets like i i can't i can't afford to buy a nice net because i know i'm gonna lose it soon right um you just <laughs> set it down and you walk away and you're just like damn it and like you come back and gone or blew it, floated away or something i don't know but but you know aaron and i are like let's let's try to research and see if what's what's out there like what's a good solution to this problem and and there wasn't really anything out there there's there was certainly there's absolutely nothing for the outdoor market in general so we're like, well, let's, you know, like, let's, let's look at this and, and try to solve this problem. And so we came to this, came to this idea of, of decals that are 
extremely durable decals. It's, it's not a, it's not a sticker. It's not a vinyl sticker that you you know put on your truck. These things are like used for underwater welding and military applications. Like super super durable, UV resistant, scratch resistant, yada yada yada. Anyways, um, and 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 we were like, well, let's 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 use these, and we um, we use uh, QR codes and unique ID numbers that are linked in a database. So if you were to have one of our, our decals with a unique ID and a unique QR code, that's yours. No one else on the planet has it. If you ever lost your fly box that you attach that to, uh, and somebody scanned it, immediately the database knows, hey, Mark just lost his, 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 um, his uh, fly box or whatever you put it on. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the, find, the finder puts their contact information in, says, I want to be contacted either phone or email or, or other. And, um, and then it sends you a notice and you guys link up and, and get your gear back. So, you know, we, we really wanted to try to solve the problem of people lose gear. People want to return gear, but there's no bridge between the two. And so we, we decided to come up with something to bridge that gap. Hmm. I think that's interesting because there's a lot of forums, there's a lot of groups, uh, fly fishing groups that I'm a part of. Sorry. <laughs> I'm in the laundry room. No the sink just backed up. <laughs> My wife's doing dishes upstairs. I'm going to edit that. Um, uh, <laughs> shit. Uh, what were we just freaking talking? Oh, yeah. So so I'm, I'm looking at, and I, I, you wouldn't believe, Robert, how often I see... Um, I found a fly rod. I found a fin from a pontoon boat or an oar or a, a, a fly reel. I, it, it happens a lot. And it amazes me as, uh, as fly fishers. And I think outdoor people in general, uh, usually people have pretty good will. It's, it's, it's rare to be like, Hey, look what I found. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I want to get yeah. this back to whoever rightfully owns it. Yeah, Absolutely. And so, you know, before we invested our, our life savings into this and, and decided to jump into this and make this a uh, career for us, we, we really wanted to test that. We really wanted to say, you know, as a scientist, I want to say, well, our hypothesis, are people good and do people want to return items that they found? And so we made a, a, a really terrible website just really quickly. Uh, we, we made some, some quick QR code uh, decals and we attached it to all of our own gear. And we started losing our gear at our ski resort, at our fly fishing locations downtown. Uh, we lost GPSs and fly boxes and trekking poles and all, like all kinds of stuff. Um, and, and, and we were amazed to find that uh, we got a 75% return rate within one day. And we had an overall 90% scan rate. So 90% of the time somebody found the, the item saw the decal and scanned it. And now the difference between the 75 and 90, <laughs> I think that had to do with the, the scammy crappy website I put up really quickly. <laughs> so, um, but, but, you know, when we went and, and we contacted those people, everybody was so excited and so happy and relieved to be able to get someone's gear back to them. You know, I, I genuinely believe with all my heart that, that the outdoor community is a good community and, and, if given the opportunity, we'll do the right thing and and give the gear back to the owner. I, I, I believe that with everything. Yeah. So how does this work? So if I'm, you know, I have, I mean, let's face it, we all invest probably way more than we should in, 
in uh, you know whether it's fly rods reels whether it's you know uh camping gear you name it outdoor stuff in general how do how does somebody you know sign up for this what's the process yeah so you just go to our website chronicoutdoors.com and we have a variety of different size packs of decals between you know a one pack and uh and and 25 and um so one just for example one decal costs 3.99 which is i mean the price of one good streamer right like one streamer is going to run you four or five bucks and you can protect your entire fly box for for that one decal or it's much cheaper you know the more you buy the cheaper it is um and and you can literally protect thousands and thousands of dollars worth of gear for 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 just purchasing a, a couple of decals um so yeah if you go to our website and, and you shop our decals we have various size packages between one and 25 and and the first year is free so try it you're gonna love it we know that you're gonna love it and then after that every you know every year after that to maintain your account to maintain your service um, with an unlimited number of decals so mark you could have you have all of your fly boxes, your nets, your rod tubes, all of your skiing equipment, all of your kids' skiing, everything in your house, you can protect for $30 a year. And, and if you break it up, that's $2.75 a month, which is like, I mean, come on, that's, what, that's one stimulator a month, and you're protecting thousands and thousands of dollars a year. Well, and you know um, what I think of is never mind like a fly box, especially if you tie your own flies and you spend all winter, let's yeah. say, you know, you invest all this time and i've done it i've left it at a river after and honest to god it was the first trip after the winter and i got back Ooh. into town and i'm like crap so i turned around went back and it was still there luckily but if it's not i mean i can mm -hmm. totally see where this uh you know people are sentimental about um fly boxes in particular and yeah yeah i think it's a great idea yeah and you know somebody might be thinking like well why the hell would I buy a three ninety nine decal and pay thirty dollars a year when I could just use a sharpie, right? Um, and and to be honest with you, like our biggest competition right now in this whole business is the sharpie. Um, but we have so many advantages over that. Like, like for one, we're going to offer a five point return incentive program on your behalf. So if you lose something and somebody finds it, we're going to give that that owner or that that finder. I'm sorry. Uh, a, a reward saying thank you so much for doing that we're going to give them free 10 pack of decals we're going to enter them into a monthly drawing with some of our with some of our um, businesses that we're working with uh, we're going to enter them to a large annual prize pack um, so just just to name drop a little bit we're working with um, Sawyer paddles and oars we're working with uh, tornado anchors who's like revolutionizing the anchor system anchor game uh, we're talking with Montana fly company we're talking with um, NRS, uh, we're talking with a, just a, a bunch of these big brands right now and they all like the idea and they all really are on board. And so they're like, yeah, Hey, if you want, you know, if you want one prize item, like we'll give you one of those. Um, so, so anyways, um, the, the five point return, you've got 10 free decals, a smaller monthly prize, a large annual prize that we're going to put the finder in for that you as an owner can attach your own reward to it. So like Mark, if somebody finds your fly box, you could give them a, a dozen hand tied flies 
or you can give them a bottom bottle of scotch or you can yeah. give them a handshake and say, thank you. Like you can like whatever you want. It's, it's your year. You can attach a reward if you want. And then lastly, number five, our business is karmic outdoors. We believe in river karma and, uh, you know, the, the universe is going to provide that. So, um, <laughs> we just give you the opportunity to do the good or the bad karmic deed there. <laughs> I, I think it's a great idea. I, I really do. I want to get back into fishing in a second, but I'm just trying to think what else we, we should cover with your business. Is there anything that uh, you haven't mentioned so yeah. far we should talk about? I guess there's, yeah, there's just one, one thing that, I, that I'd like to talk about is, is like, um, we, we like to, so we like to, to describe our decals as having a two X value. So two times the value of the item you put it on. Um, so what we had, a, we have a good buddy. We have, we have a couple of good buddies who have lost their anchors. You know, you, you're taken out at the boat ramp. You, you put your anchor on the side, you load your boat, you load your gear. People are waiting on you. And so you just, you take off and you leave your anchor there. And that's happened to, to a couple of our good buddies. And, and, and those anchors are expensive, man. Drift boat anchors are, are expensive. And so we, we like to say that our decals are worth two times the value of the object you put it on because one, like we're kind of protecting your original purchase price and we're preventing you from having to buy that thing again. Um, if, if our buddies had the decals on their anchors, which unfortunately they didn't, um, and somebody found it and returned that anchor, it, that just saved them, you know, 350 bucks from, you know, the original purchase price and then having to go buy another one. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's just sort of like the, the value of our decals. And, and as, as us fly tires, you know, I, I have, I have some patterns that I tie that like, I'm not overly sentimental about, but, but I like them a lot and I've tuned them to work, work you know, on the river that I want. And um, a fly box itself is what ten or fifteen bucks, but you could have hundreds of dollars worth of flies in there, and so, some of them could be, you know, really important to you. You know, hmm. we're chatting tonight with Robert Gillingham out of Boise, Idaho. He's with Karmic Outdoors, avid fly fisher, but Karmic is providing uh, avid outdoorsmen with a lost and found connect system, which uh, sounds pretty revolutionary, actually. Pretty. Uh, Pretty cool stuff. I want to get back to the water for a little bit, Robert. Uh, we'll get back to business yeah, and we'll yeah. talk about all your social media and <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, we'll get into that too. But I, I want to get back to, uh, have you got any crazy fish stories, anything weird that has happened to you in your time on the water that you want to share with us tonight? Oh, man. I don't know if I have anything like, necessarily weird, but but one like extremely memorable moment that, that stands out to me that will will be with me forever um my dad and i went to yellowstone one year camping and fly fishing and i remember it was early in the morning because it was the hoot owl so we had to be off the water by about noon so we had to start really early in the morning we're fishing the yellowstone river and i'm upstream of him and it's 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 just light enough that you can start to see everything but the fog is coming up off the river and stuff and and I, I look back and, and I see my dad just like a silhouette of him and, and he's casting and it's just, it's just beautiful. And there's a bison in the river, just like a mm. hundred yards, you know, down river of him, like crossing the river. And that, that will forever be in my memory of just like one of my absolute favorite fly fishing moments. That's um, cool. I, I could just, I could just vividly see him, his shadow, and the bison and the fog it was it was so cool 
Um, yeah, and, and you know, fishing was kind of terrible, so we went to the Henry's Fork. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like that is something to me that's amazing. I've I've got some some funny stories between my best friend. We were we did a four and a half mile hike into this high mountain lake, and we fished all day, and we were coming out, and we were we're heading back to the truck and four and a half miles out and he starts walking a little bit faster and a little bit faster. And I go, Hey man, slow down. What, like, where are you going? He's like, man, I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> he's all, I can faster and faster and faster. And before, before I know it, he, he darted off into the bushes off to the side and I'm standing there watching for bears for him. And he comes back and he's not wearing any socks. Um, <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll let you put the, put that puzzle together. Um, I mean, I've just got, you know, tons of stories like, um, every year me and Aaron and another buddy used to do a spring guys fishing trip and we fished the Metolius and we fished the Deschutes and we fished Rock Creek in Montana. And, and when we fished Rock Creek, we stayed in this sweet little cabin. I mean, it was a forest service cabin. It's awesome, but it didn't get above 25 degrees the entire time we were there for four days and it snowed on us the entire time, but, um, we just had a blast. So, you know, sometimes it's not even about fishing. It's just about who you're with and what you're doing, you know? Yeah, no, I I do know exactly what you're talking about. It's not, and that I think that is the one thing I, I have come to realize about fly fishing is it's not any one thing. It's 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 the cumulative, you know. Yeah. When when you can go to the memory bank and picture that bison, you don't give a crap if you caught any fish or anything. You know what I mean? It's like that. Right. Exactly. It's a moment in time, and it uh, it's a journey. And I, honestly, to be quite honest, part of my favorite thing is especially when you're with a good buddy or a group of friends is traveling to your destination. That's, that's a huge part of it mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're talking about traveling and destination. My, my wife and I, my wife loves fly fishing too. That's her passion too. And, um, we, we quit our jobs in Boise and we sold our house and we sold everything we owned. And we, we actually traveled the country fly fishing. We went, we drove through BC. We went wow. to Alaska. We came back down. We went, we went all over the United States. We went to New York. We went down to the Florida Keys, and everywhere in between. Um, so yeah, that, that that was a good traveling journey. <laughs> That's awesome. What I mean, t- 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 let's go down that rabbit hole for a bit. I'm sure you got some good yeah. stories from that. If all the places yeah. that you traveled all over North America, where where name a couple of spots that really you know stuck with you. Oh man, um, BC was absolutely amazing, but. It, it wasn't really what I thought. I mean, when I was looking through the map, I was like, man, this is going to be awesome. There's so many rivers. But I didn't realize how big those rivers were as we're driving through. Mm. So yeah. we did a lot of lake fishing. So we had kayaks. Um, that was amazing. Whereabouts um, in BC were you? Because that's where I'm at. Yeah, we went through. Um, so kind of Washington, we went up. I forgot the, the town, Kelowna, Kelowna, Kelowna. Like that, I think. Yeah, it's just north of where yeah, I'm we, Okay, yeah, we kind of went went in that direction. We went to Kamloops, and yeah. so we're kind of in the middle there, and we fished a bunch of the lakes along the way. I mean, pretty much, you know, we would drive for six or eight hours, and then we would find a, a beautiful lake to, to camp on and, and fish, and um, we'd have, we had kayaks, so we were just out, you know, fishing in kayaks and stuff, and nice. we did that all the way through BC. We did at least... I think we did 10 days to Alaska and then we did another 10 days back, um, through BC and it was just, just gorgeous. I loved it. Um, 
Well, that's what this podcast is named for, just so you know. It's called the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. So that's that goes from Weed, California, all the way to Watson Lake, Yukon. You go right to Alaska on that one. Yeah, yeah. I I read that. I was I was when when you invited me on here, I was like, let me do some research on it. I was like, what is the Fly 97 podcast? And I looked up the the highway, yeah, and I was like, yeah, we we spent time on that highway. It's really cool. Cool. Where else where else did you really enjoy? I mean, uh, you talked about Yellowstone. Um, what about further south? I mean, uh, what was Florida like? Um, so what, we have family in Florida. So we were there for for several weeks over Thanksgiving, uh, around Thanksgiving time. Guys, it's so beautiful in Florida at that time of year. It's not too hot. Uh, the water is beautiful. There's not that many people out there. The beaches are still amazing. Um, we we went out and we fished for redfish or drums um, or trout or just like kind of whatever what it was in the estuary at the time. And and my wife, she's sitting on the front of this this boat and um, we didn't have a guide or anything like that. You know, we we could have jobs and travel the country, so we don't have money for a guide. Um, but we we were with a buddy and. And um, he took us out on his boat, and and like every third cast, she had a fish on. <laughs> it was it was great. We're just throwing clousers, different different colors, and hmm. and she would catch she'd catch a trout, then she'd catch a drum, and then she'd catch a, a little jack, and then she'd catch some fish like I never even heard of before. Like it was just Florida was great, and then there's just all these all these freshwater fishing too. Like I think everybody goes to Florida thinking, oh, I'm, I'm gonna go saltwater fishing but i mean every single place you drive in florida there's a lake or a pond or something right there like they got all kinds of fishing there you know Mm -hmm. um yeah so i i really wish we had a little bit more money we looked at getting a guide in florida but it was like it was it was so cost prohibitive for us to, to do it at that at that time that now that we're back home and we have jobs we've been saving up for for a guided trip and then then we had a had a baby and, and all the plans kind of went to hell and then COVID <laughs> happened all the plans kind of went to hell, um, but but we're gonna get out there like we like a saltwater fishing trip is, is a big deal for us we really want to make that happen. Well, that sounds um, that sounds like the we, trip trip of a lifetime though. I mean, basically, two of oh, you yeah. not working and just traveling all over North America, chasing fins. That oh, sounds great. pretty damn yeah. good. It was great. Yeah, we spent two weeks in Colorado in September. I mean. There is almost no place prettier on the whole planet than Colorado in, in late September. I mean, the leaves are, yeah. everything's changing. It was gorgeous. We were in Vermont. Uh, we fished right outside the Orvis um, facilities out there. And we fished there for three days. And I mean, Vermont in, in the first week of October. I mean, if, if you don't, I mean, if, if you're going to do something in your life, drive the Blue Ridge go to Vermont, go to Virginia in, in October and just be amazed at every single color that's possible is yeah. in front of you on these trees. It, it's just gorgeous. The Smoky Mountains is, I, I just have so many memories. It was, it was just such a great time. We went everywhere and just every place was unique and amazing. Yeah. That sounds beautiful for sure. For sure. Yeah. That's great. I, I want you to, it sounds like you're kind of starting to paint your perfect picture, but walk us through your ideal day on the water so what does that look like Mm. where would you be fishing i mean you don't have to get too specific with it but um paint us a picture of what that would look like the species you're chasing and uh, walk us through that yeah so i'm going to be on the upper north middle south fork 
of the beaverhead battens kill of the gunnison madison branch i'm just joking just about <laughs> nonsense like, um <laughs> <laughs> uh no um <laughs> i it's gonna be a float i love floating i mean just every single second you're on the river you're someplace new, right? It's just new water, a new thing. And I just love that. So it's going to be floating. I'm going to go. I hate the salmon fly hatch. I mean, there's more people in a salmon fly hatch than there are salmon flies. But gosh, if, if you can get it right, like if you can time it right, it's the most amazing thing. So probably one of our local rivers floating salmon fly hatch. I've got Aaron in the boat. I've got my wife, maybe my dad, maybe another buddy. I don't know. Um, but it's going to be a full boat. Um, good times, good laughs, good jokes. Um, nice and warm. You don't got to, you don't got to bundle up, um, and just throwing big dries to, to eager fish. And I've got a, I've got a tattoo on my arm of, of a cutthroat, a brown, a brookie and a rainbow kind of, kind of all together. And <laughs> I, I, I do, I don't care what, species of fish it is as long as we're catching fish i mean i i i can honestly say i, I don't have a, a preference for a species of trout if, if it's willing to eat and it's willing to play i'm willing to catch it it's my favorite <laughs> i i when we started this interview and you talked about um the first time you threw a fly that you tied and it was kind of just subsurface and seen that fish come up and hit it that I, I still have that image in my head because I think most fly fishers, the first time you see that, you never forget it. Mm -hmm. It never gets old either. Yeah. Oh gosh. It never gets old. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to brag or anything, but like I consider myself a fairly good fly fisherman and I've caught, I've caught fish all over the United States. Uh, internationally, I've caught fly, I've fly fish in New Zealand and I've caught fish all over the place, but I, I'm, I'm positive when I'm 85 years old and a fish is coming to rise on my fly, I'm going to get the same excitement as when I did when I was eight years old, you know? Yeah, I, I do. hundred <laughs> percent. So, um, it, this, I got a philosophical question for you. Is there anything you see mm -hmm. in fly fishing today that you'd like to change or is there anything maybe we could be doing a little better as a group? I... I don't know. Yes and no, I guess. Like I, I, I really love the 50, 50 campaign, you know, the, the campaign to, to try to get more women in fly fishing. Um, I, I've, I taught fly fishing and, and as a high school science teacher, I, it's one of my passions to like try to ignite excitement in my students. And, um, you know, I, I've always wanted to do like a, a fly fishing club for like inner city kids and stuff like, like I was, um, you know, fly fishermen get the, get the stigma of being pretentious. And I, I can see that sometimes for sure. I can see that sometimes. Um, <laughs> I have a funny story about that. Um, but I, I guess, I guess if I could change one thing, I just wish it wasn't so damn expensive. Um, you know, you, you can buy a decent fly rod and a decent reel and, and line and you get yourself all rigged up for a couple hundred bucks. So like, like that's not, but, but as you progress in life and you get better and better at things, you kind of want the next thing, you know, the nice new thing 
um, you know, n- nobody gets into drinking wine and then has been drinking wine for a long time and then goes, goes, you know, goes backwards and gets some, some bottom shelf wine. Um, you know, so fly fishing sort of the same way. And like, if, if you want to get a guide, like if you want to experience a guided trip, like that's going to set you back a mortgage payment, you know, it's, it's that, that to me is just a hard pill to swallow. Um, but luckily with social media, and just being friendly, like I've gotten to know a bunch of people who are like, Hey, like, come on out on my boat and I'll take you out and stuff like that. And, um, you know, like as a guided trip and for free really, but not really a guided trip. Like I'm rowing too. Right. So I guess, I guess if I could change, change one thing, it would be like, I just, Twitter one's so expensive and, and have that stigma of being pretentious. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you see, you see people who are like, Oh, I'm, I'm not going to fish a worm. Or like I'm not going to fish a salmon or I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw eggs or a bead pattern or something like that. It's like, just, just, just throw the fly out there and catch a fish. Like, who cares what you're using? You know, it's like, yeah. like, well, how are you going to give somebody a hard time for nymphing? You know, like, <laughs> no, I struggle. sometimes you just get that, <laughs> yeah, get that stigma, you know? And yeah. one time we were, I thought this guy was being pretentious and I was, I got super heated, but we're fishing the Madison and, and, and fishing hoppers and, we didn't cut anything all day and we get to the takeout and we're, you know, we're 150 yards away and there's a boat in front of us and, and they catch a fish and they were like, Oh, it was a great day. And, and, um, we get to the takeout and the guy, and I was like, Oh man, what, what did you, what did you catch that fish on? You know, cause I'm the type of guy, like if you ask me, I'll tell you the exact pattern I'm using. And if I have an extra one, I'll, I'll throw it to you. Like, yeah, like, yeah, me too. There's 5,000 fish in the river. Like you can't, you can't possibly catch them all. Like give somebody else Right. Yeah. So that's my mentality. But, um, this guy was like, Oh, it's a, I can't remember. It was like a, a super secret. He called it a, a super secret hopper or something like that. And I just got so pissed. I was so mad at him. And I was like, this asshole, man, this guy, I can't believe this guy, you know, won't even tell us what it was. And, and we go, we go to the fly shop and, and like, that was the name of the fly <laughs> <laughs> was that fly. <laughs> a super secret hopper. <laughs> yeah. And, I was like, you know, it's like a, a, the, the top secret midge or something, you know, and I, I, I was just, I was so mad at him for not telling me that fly. And then I got to fly shop. And I was like, oh, there it is right there. I apologize. I'm so sorry. Oh man, that's funny. Good stuff. Uh, but yeah, cause I, I just thought he was being a pretentious fly fisherman, but he wasn't, he was being super cool. <laughs> uh, so do, do you do a lot of fly tying yourself? I used to, yeah. I used to do it a lot, and then I started a business and have no time and have a one-year-old baby. And no time. <laughs> yeah, um, it'll come back though. Yeah, 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 yeah. It will. Yeah, no, that's good stuff. I, I, I thoroughly enjoy fly tying. I, I, I feel kind of guilty right now. Where we got you up, you're a little uh, further ahead in the clock than I am, and you're going elk hunting tomorrow. So are you looking forward? T- tell us about this yeah. trip. Is this a trip you do every year, or is this uh, the first time, or? Well, first of all, don't don't worry about keeping me up, man. I'm having a great time right now. I'm I'm enjoying myself. I'm reminiscing, having some some memories flooding back, and I'm I'm enjoying myself. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, man. Anytime. Um. Yeah. So, like I said, I'm I'm big into archery. Um, I feel like archery and fly fishing are are very similar. You know, you you got to have a certain amount of skill to be successful consistently over and over and over. And I would consider myself a good fly fisherman. I consider myself a very novice uh, archery hunter. Um, I, I have yet to kill a, an elk with my bow. Um, it's late September here in Idaho, and so 
the elk are like are are going at it right now. They're rutting yeah. like pretty hard, and, and the cows are going crazy. They're in estrus and stuff. So I'm super excited to get out there. Um, I ha- I've had some great, great, great encounters this year, but um, you know, for, for everything to work out, you know, it's similar to to a, a finicky brown. You know, for for everything to work out just right, like you have to be in the right place. You have to be using the right stuff. The animal has to cooperate. The conditions have to cooperate, and you know you can't necessarily force it. You just kind of have to play with it and and try to make it work. And so, um, I just I just can't I can't wait to get out there and, and start hiking the hills and looking for these elk. And yeah, so this is a, an annual trip that we do. Um, our our wives are kind enough to let us get out for a couple of days a year to to try to do this. You know, I I was joking with one of my buddies that you know I. I wait 360 days just, just to hunt for five, you know? Just, <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. so exciting. Yeah. It's cool to have those it's, those annual pilgrimages like that. Yeah. So are you... Yeah, I think it's important for sanity. Are you walking a lot on this? Or are you, are you hunting from a ground blind? Are you bugling? Walk us through what that looks like yeah, tomorrow. It's all, it's all hiking. It's all... You know, we're climbing to the top of a mountain. We'll probably climb, probably climb a thousand feet in elevation. Uh, we'll try to find a, a nice ridge where it has a lot of uh, draws that go down it, and then we'll we'll bugle down into these draws as, as we're walking these ridges. And and if we hear an elk, you know, chuckle or, or bugle or, or respond in any way, uh, we we chase them. <laughs> Well, that's awesome, man. I, I'm I'm stoked for you to get out, and uh, sounds like quite a trip you got planned. Um, I, why don't you throw some some media handles out there? So we want to follow uh, everything you're up to with Karmic Outdoors. Um, you know, where do we find you on Instagram, Facebook? Throw throw out all your handles out there. Yeah, absolutely. So we we are. Um at karmic underscore outdoors or just karmic outdoors i think it automatically does the underscore for you for instagram and, and facebook or karmic outdoors um we would we would love your your follows um unfortunately in this day and age in, in business you know you're almost seen as, as not a legitimate business if you don't have ten thousand followers you know we're um we're doing great things for the fly fishing industry and and, and the outdoor industry as a whole we're giving people the opportunity to to do good and be good and and you know help protect people um and i just hope people don't judge us because we only have a couple hundred followers on instagram man it's like i would so much rather be working on everything else than than posting pictures and stuff like aaron's really great about that the the everything on our social media is aaron and and he does such a great job of that so yeah if if you guys want to follow us on on social media, it's Karmic Outdoors, um, both Instagram and Facebook. Um, we're actively working on some YouTube videos. We want to produce some content for that. Um, and our website is karmicoutdoors.com, K-A-R-M-I-K outdoors.com. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, we, we hope that you guys, as, as listeners and as fly fishermen or just general outdoorsmen, you know, think about your fly boxes and, and everything that you have with you right now and, and how much, how much that costs you and how much it would cost you to replace it. And some of that stuff is irreplaceable. Um, you know, your hand tied flies are, I mean, those, those are, those are your patterns. You don't necessarily 
want the whole world to see those. Maybe, maybe you do. I don't know. <laughs> the super um, secret midge. You know, I'm, <laughs> yeah, the super, the, the top secret midge. Yeah, those are you know, but p- people are pretty protective of, of their patterns and stuff. Um, yeah, or, and some people like like the commercial tires, like they want to get out there. But um, we, we do have a, a story that one of the one of the guys who found one of our fly boxes. He was an older gentleman. Um, he was. He was good friends with um, the inventor of the Quigley Cripple, and he lost a, a box that had uh, several dozen of the original Quigley Cripple flies, like ever tied, ever. Hmm. And and he lost that box when you know many years ago. So like our product wouldn't have been good, but I mean you just never know when you find somebody's fly box. Like how many dozens of hours and hundreds of dollars went into constructing that fly box, you know, or yeah, or, or just whatever it is, you know. I get it. I've been there. So. Well, I, yeah. I I love what you yeah. guys are up to, man. I, I really do. I think it's it's uh, it's a great idea, um, helping kind of people reconnect with lost and found things that, uh, and and also you know the even the name of your business, Karmic. I think there's a lot of karma involved with this. I mean, I think outdoor people, uh, if you come across yeah. you know a fly rod sitting by the side of the road or I mean, people want to try and return it if they can, and I, I think it's a great service that you're providing. It sounds like it's really super reasonably priced. We've been chatting tonight with Robert Gillingham out of Boise, Idaho, Karmic Outdoors. Look him up, providing avid outdoorsmen with a lost and found connection. Um, good luck on the elk hunting trip tomorrow, and hopefully we'll uh, get a chance to wet a line at some point in the future. Thanks, Robert, for coming on, man. appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. And um, yeah, Mark, if you, if you ever come to Boise, you know, definitely, please, please, please uh, contact me. I, I'd love to show you some of our waters and, and take you out fishing. You know, so this is what the, this is what the outdoor community is. It's a community. Like let's connect with each other. Let's fish, let's hang out, let's buy a campfire, whatever it is. So um, thank you so much for having me on. If I could just, what, just quickly throw out another plug. If, if anybody's listening and, and they go to our website, uh, you can have a, a coupon K A R M CARM 20 and that's a 20% off coupon for you. Um, unless you're in the fly crate, um, Nathan in the fly crate, um, hooked us up and, and we were in that. And if you are in that fly crate, you got a special 50% off coupon. So, you know, be on the lookout for that in your email. Um, but everybody else, um, you, you should get the fly crate cause it's awesome. Oh yeah. And, uh, and uh, you've got a, a 20% off with K-A-R-M-20. And you do that at, at checkout, and we'll give you 20% off today. So um, thanks for listening to the podcast, and, and thanks for listening to my stories and me get all excited and, <laughs> and rant and rave and stuff. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Thanks so much for sharing your story. Have a great night, Robert. Thanks, Mark. You too. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by theflycrate.com. Thank you for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Your feedback matters. Let us know if there's a person or topic you'd like discussed. Email us at mark at flyfishing97.com. Until next time, tight lines and we'll see you on the water.